two unlikely colleagues, very different from one another, yet each extraordinary in his own right. Cast together by their mutual passion and labor, their path was rarely easy. Even with one another, they didn't always see eye to eye. But together, their work would change the world. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining me for the show in which we seek to encourage and inspire one another to grow in holiness today by drawing ever closer to Jesus. The two co-laborers I described at the outset of the show were, of course, Saints Peter and Paul. The two had significant differences, to be sure, that though both were from Jewish stock. Peter, or rather Simon, was born in Bethsaida on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Paul, or rather Saul, was born as a Roman citizen in a city in the southeastern portion of modern-day Turkey called Tarsus. Peter, of course, was a fisherman. And we know Paul worked as a tent maker at least after his conversion, but he was obviously very well studied in Jewish law and, as he himself would write, a Pharisee of Pharisees. So even what we get to get of these two men in the scriptures themselves paints a difference in their personalities. Of course, Peter, on the one hand, he seems a little bit more magnanimous, gregarious, and adventurous, if not impetuous. Paul comes across to me, at least, as more zealous and disciplined and focused. Paul even describes a conflict they had, of course, in Galatians chapter 2. Even so, with all these differences, who would question the importance of both of these saints in founding and growing the earliest church? Who among us cannot trace our own spiritual ancestry back to one or both of these men? And who could fail to honor the sacrifice they each made of their very lives for the sake of the gospel? Today on The Inner Life, we're talking about and honoring Saints Peter and Paul and the enormous impact they've had on Christian history, and also what each of these giants mean for your daily walk of faith. Joining us as our spiritual director today is Father Tom Wilson, the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, a southern suburb of the Twin Cities and part of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. Good morning, Father. Thanks for joining us again. Good morning, Patrick. It's great to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. And so Saints Peter and Paul, you know, we, we almost always refer to them together when in, when in the liturgy and in Holy Mother Church when we're doing litanies and such. Um, but would you agree, Father? I mean, were these two men pretty different? Uh, absolutely. I think different uh, from what we know from the scriptures and uh, tradition, very different personalities, very different styles. Uh, in some ways, uh very different calls as well in terms of the direction that they were that they were called. It was quite clear that uh, Paul's call was to uh, to bring the, the gospel and the message of Jesus uh, uh, to the outsiders, if you will, the Gentiles. While Peter was uh, much more focused on uh, the uh, original receivers of of God's revelation in the in the people of Israel or the Jews. So. Uh, so yes, different personalities, different styles, different calls, but um, ultimately the same mission, and that's bringing the the saving message of Jesus to people. And one of the many things that highlights for me, Father, is just how there is no like one saintly personality, right? Or there's not one saintly mission 
uh, save for, of course, living our lives in accordance with the will of God. But uh, but there's not one particular thing that is going to rocket us up in terms of our personality, our our likes, our dislikes, our what we're called to, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to rock us up, up, up the scale. But uh, these two very different men, both, um, as I said in the open, giants of the faith. Uh, absolutely. And I think that we can, um, you know, just really right out of the gate, uh, as Jesus calls the apostles and then uh, calls uh, Paul in the, in the unique way, uh, we see in the, the, the originals that they are very, very different personalities, um, uh, all, with their, all with their gifts, all with their, uh, their, their vices and, and, and struggles and, and, and all of that. And I think that that is a uh, tremendous consolation to us all. That mm-hmm. um, you know, we we have very different personalities, very different gifts, uh, and and I think I think probably we do uh, at times might uh, may have that struggle that says, well, you know, I'm not like so and so, therefore uh, this isn't this isn't for me. And the the truth is that the the Lord calls us on on, on multiple paths to, to holiness and uses uh, different gifts and the and the same spirit and different personalities uh, all to accomplish uh, His mission of of bringing people to to Him. So um, you know, again, right out of, right out of the gate with with Peter and Paul, we have we have people we have uh, two guys who are uh, very very different. Um, uh, but but called to to very great things uh, in the grace of God. Father Tom Wilson is our spiritual director today here on the Inner Life, and we are talking about Saints Peter and Paul. Do you have a particular devotion to Saint Peter or Saint Paul or both of them together? Have you ever uh, have you ever visited the bones of Saint Peter there in Saint Peter's Basilica? Have you ever? Uh, and to St. Paul outside the walls. Have you Maybe your home parish where you live is named after one or both of these great saints. If you have a way that one or both of these men, Peter or Paul, has played a role in your life of faith, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what difference they have made in your personal life. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Well, Father, it occurs to me that it would be good to maybe delve into each of these men individually. Uh, well, we can make reference to the other, but uh, maybe starting with St. Peter, and that's a good place. I think I, I use that f- turn of phrase advisably because converting from the, a Protestant tradition to the Catholic faith, one of the things that I had to really, that came under my own scrutiny, was the primacy of Peter, the firstness of Peter amongst the apostles. Can you give us an idea of where that idea comes from, where we see that in Scripture? Uh, yes, I think there's there's multiple places in Scripture, Patrick, and I think that there's... Um, it's getting a long time ago now, but I, I actually did a little research on, on this in the <laughs> in the seminary and nice. uh, read, a, read a couple of uh, uh, ecumenical studies of, of the Scriptures that really did... Um, conclude that from the biblical data, it's quite clear that Peter was uh, separated out from uh, from the others for, for leadership. I think probably still theological differences between Catholics and Protestants in terms of how that unfolds in our in our modern life, but it's quite clear from the biblical data that uh, Peter was um, 
uh, was selected as the first among equals by by Jesus, and we see it in um, obviously in Matthew 16. Uh, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not uh, not prevail against it. Uh, we see it again quite clearly um, in the um, end of uh, the the Gospel of John, uh, in which. Um, you know, Peter and Jesus are having this this conversation just before Jesus is about to ascend. Uh, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Uh, very, very clearly uh, that that the, uh, the the message of the church, the care of the people, uh, would be on the on the shoulders of of Peter and uh, and his leadership. Uh, I would also say that. Um, in John chapter six, uh, at the end of at the end of John chapter six, the Bread of Life discourse, uh, where they have gone back and forth, and many people have left because Jesus teaches them about the Eucharist, uh, about Himself being present in 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 the Eucharist. Uh, he looks at he looks straight at Peter. He looks straight at Peter and says, um, "You too, will you be leaving too?" and uh, and Peter responds. Peter responds for them all. You have the words of eternal life. And and again, he's speaking for he's speaking for the body. He's speaking for himself. He's speaking for the speaking for the church. And in many ways, he is speaking for every single one of us who gets presented with the mysteries of God. Maybe things that we don't understand uh, well or perfectly or anything like that. But it is an act of trust in the person of Jesus Christ and His words. Um, so it is uh, it is quite clear in the in the scriptures that that Peter is uh, is first uh, among among equals in the in the uh, in the scriptures and among the apostles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really emerged over my own exploration of it, just like you were saying, Father, in the research that you did. That uh, I, I must admit, I was somewhat blind to it um, when I wasn't particularly looking for it. But when I started really looking into it, Peter always being named first, Peter so many times speaking on behalf of all the apostles, um, and uh, and these intimate conversations between the Lord and Peter and that sort of thing, which is, in some ways, it's comforting because I think Protestant and Catholic alike, um, if you ask a lot of a lot of people, which disciple would you identify the most with? A lot of people are going to say Peter, I think, not least because of his uh, well, his impetuosity, but also his uh, also his his failings. I mean, that he has failings. And that's one of the things, too, I wanted to make sure and talk with you about, Father. Um, You know, he says to Jesus, as Jesus is coming to them, walking on the water, you know, bid me to come out to you on the water. And he does. And he gets out and takes a few steps, which is amazing, and then begins to sink, right? Um, Or at at the washing of the feet, you know, he says, well, Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and head as well. Or Lord, such a thing will never happen to you. And then, of course, um, all these things kind of culminating in his ultimate denial of Jesus, which you mentioned the reinstatement of of Peter. So in all these things, what do you think this reveals to us about the humanity of Peter, and what does that mean for our spiritual life? You know, I think think it's a place of confidence in our spiritual life and and confidence in the Lord being present in our life. despite our imperfections and 
you know, we have so many, we have so many analogies, I think, in our, in our spiritual life, in our, uh, in our relationship with, uh, with the Lord and our, our, our living out and the, the execution of the faith that God has, has given to us that, that make themselves known in, in, in family life. And, you know, for example, parents, um, uh, parents love their children and they want to do best by their, by their children. But I don't know a parent alive who, uh, believes that he or she has always made the right decisions Mm -hmm. and, and done everything perfectly. Uh, and yet, and, and, and I don't know a kid alive who doesn't understand that, but the love is still there. The desire is still there to, uh, to, to grow in that relationship of love. And it's the same thing that, that, that Peter shows us in his, um, impetuousness and impulsiveness and, and and that sort of thing. It's done in great love, even though it is not executed perfectly. Yeah. And and I think that I think that really does um, uh, tell us all a lot about our own hearts. And yes, sometimes sometimes we get selfish and 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 all that. Uh, but a lot of times we're we are doing the best we can in in acting in love. Uh, you know, even if it doesn't come out perfectly and we, you know, we, we trust in the, we trust in the Lord's mercy and we trust in his, his own presence, uh, in our life. And that, uh, even in our imperfections and our own vulnerabilities, uh, he still loves us and, um, and sends us on mission. Peter was very imperfect and got sent on a very important mission and we are no different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I appreciate that. What it brings to mind to me too is the is the prayer of Thomas Merton, or at least attributed to Thomas Merton. You know, say I, I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. That that sort of attitude that, yeah, um, our hearts can be in the right place, but we can find ourselves stumbling along as we do in Saint Peter. Uh, we're talking about Saint Peter's Saint Saint Peter and Saint Paul. I'll get it right here one of these times here on the Inner Life today as we are investigating the life life of these two men, and actually what that can mean for our own life. And our spiritual director is Father Tom Wilson. If you have a question about one of these men, or if you have an observation to make about uh, what we what we find of them, or your impression of them, if you'd like to share that. Um, perhaps you identify very well with one or other, the other of these men, Peter or Paul. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Uh, one of the things that comes up in, now obviously they are both, uh, they both have letters at least attributed to them. Of course, you know, we're, we're confident that they are, are writers, that they are contributing to the New Testament. So we have First and Second Peter attributed to Peter, and of course all the letters of St. Paul. But when it comes to the first letter of St. Peter, one of the themes that comes up is uh, unity, Father. Um, there's a call for unity in First Peter 3, 8. Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love of the brethren, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Um, I'm just curious what you would say, what does this kind of emphasis on unity, what does it mean for us, especially in light of how we Catholics view uh, the Pope as the successor of St. Peter? Yeah, I think if you would uh, certainly talk to um, uh, anyone who's ever sat in the chair of Peter, and frankly any bishop, uh, they would tell you that keeping the flock together is the most important thing that they do, uh, and in many ways, uh, the hardest thing that they do, because um, 
the the flock will argue with each other uh, over things sometimes maybe very important, but oftentimes very very petty. Uh, they might get into uh, divisions with each other over uh, things that are that are just very very silly and have absolutely nothing to do with the living out and practicing of the faith, uh, just like any other groups in the in in the human condition. And so it is the 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 role of Peter, the role of the apostle. Uh, to uh, to to keep people uh, within the fold uh, and and loving each other within the within the body of Christ uh, in a way that that reveres and 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 respects the other uh, you know even if even if you might struggle with particular things uh, with, with with another person we're called to uh, we, we're called to that unity uh, within the within the life of the church and that really is the um, the call of, of of the Holy Father, and you know, when people when people talk about the the divisions and divisiveness within the uh, within the church, I can I can almost guarantee that um, there's uh, there there's no Holy Father who's ever had to sign some decree about you know certain people can't do these things or whatever. Um, but that's a last resort. That's a last resort that they have to do in order to uh, maintain the, the the unity of the of the body. And it's and it's got to be absolutely gut wrenching um, in in dealing with uh, dealing with those those issues of of um, of divisiveness and, and disunity within the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine that's true, Father. Well, you said it's got to be completely gut wrenching to do something like that. Yeah. Um, well, we've got more to talk about with St. Peter, and so I think we'll save that for after the break. We'll kind of round out our conversation with St. Peter, and then we'll move on to St. Paul and be uh, referring to each of them as we discuss them. We're talking about Saints Peter and Paul today here on The Inner Life. If you have a particular devotion to that, if something about maybe you made a pilgrimage that included one or both of them uh, to the Holy Land or to Rome, um, then, yeah, give us a call. Tell us the story. Say how these two men have particularly impacted your life of faith, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. You can support Relevant Radio in many ways. Joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at relevantradio.com slash property. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. Thanks for listening on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, or the Relevant Radio app. Which reminds me about, you know, about 50% of our podcast listeners, they do listen through the Relevant Radio app, which is fantastic. Love to hear that. But if you happen to listen to The Inner Life through another podcasting platform, could I ask you to do me a favor and to like and then also to follow or subscribe. And also, if you've got the time, leave us a five-star review because all of that will help other people who want to grow in their spiritual journey find the inner life. Thank you. And as with everything we do here at Relevant Radio, can't do it without you. Our spiritual director today is Father Tom Wilson, pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, and we're talking about and honoring Saints Peter and Paul. Yesterday, of course, was their solemnity, and we are honoring them today as we head into the weekend, these two giants of the faith that have had such a tremendous impact on church history and also, I'm betting, on your life and uh, your life of faith. 
And particularly, uh, if you have a devotion to St. Peter or St. Paul or both of them, if you have a question about one of these men, or if you'd like to share about how they have influenced your life of faith, give us a call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, we've been talking about St. Peter. Just to kind of round off that discussion, Father, I want to uh, bring up, of course, his his martyrdom. I mean, he laid down his life for Jesus and the gospel. Um, give us some information. I mean, what? how did that come about, and uh, how was it carried out? Yeah, Peter was um, uh, Peter was in Rome uh, again. Rome was the, the the cultural and economic center of the world at the time, and so when you hear the words uh, "all roads lead to Rome," that's kind of where it where it comes from. And it was a an international and cosmopolitan t- city, uh, which certainly had its ups and downs. And so, um, you know, sort of post resurrection uh, and ascension time, Peter made his way to. Made his way to to Rome uh, to uh, to work with the with Christians who were uh, who were there. Um, uh, fell under the uh, likely the uh, persecutions of, of uh, Nero uh, about thirty years or so after uh, Jesus uh, died, rose, and and ascended. And uh, so they were they were rounding up uh, they were rounding up Christians. And they, um, they 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 got Peter, and they were going to crucify him as uh, as Romans do. Uh, that was part of their uh, way of dealing with uh, with with criminals in crucifixion and, and execution. Uh, and the the notable thing about about Peter's martyrdom is both uh, uh, where it happened in the city of Rome, uh, where he was buried uh, underneath the. Um, uh, what we now know as St. Peter's Basilica and directly into the altar, uh, but also how, and that G, that Peter uh, made it very, very clear uh, that he was not the Christ. He was, and, and he would not um, uh, be executed the same way that Jesus was. And so Peter uh, was, was placed on the cross upside down. Uh, that's the, that, that's one of the, that's one of the notable uh uh, notable realities about uh, about Peter's uh, about Peter's martyrdom, and he he insisted that it be that way because um, he did not want uh, anyone to think that he he may have been the same as Jesus. That in fact he he was not, and um, so uh, his his followers uh, found him a a, a burial uh, a burial place. Um, what then was in sort of a swampy. Um, out of the uh, certainly out of the edge in the in the city of Rome on on Vatican Hill, uh, and uh, his bones were were placed in there, and uh, his his remains placed in there. And um, after lots of research and uh, establishment of the the DNA and the bones and all that, it's it's virtually 100% certain that the uh, that the remains uh, directly under the uh, altar at at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome contained the contained the remains of of Peter and it's really one of the it's one of the highlights of of any pilgrimage to Rome if people are able to do it to be able to go under what's called the uh, in the, the scavi tour the excavation underneath uh underneath St. Peter's uh where kind of takes you around and gives you a little bit of history of of, of how they um, discovered the bones and then in fact uh, 
exactly where where they are right under right underneath the uh, the, the main altar at St. Peter's. Yeah. Well, if you ever wondered if a rock had bones, then you can <laughs> you can find out there in the Scotty tour. Right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, just going back to Peter being crucified upside down, Father, I'm just wondering what that can teach us about a, a deference, a bowing to Christ, maybe even a death to self. That I mean, there's something that's going on there that just uh, Peter was was so adamant that he you know wanted Christ to be the the center of any kind of attention that his death would bring. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And and you know, and I think I think we run into it a lot. Um, you know, I would say. I would say in the in the modern media age, where maybe somebody who is who is an excellent preacher and a very holy person, and you know uh, maybe a, a, an entertainer or something like that, that, uh, that 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 loves the Lord and can can proclaim his his word with uh, uh, with with clarity and, and accuracy and all that, uh, there is a great temptation among people who do that um, to. Uh, to to kind of make it about themselves, and and people can look at it and say, oh, you know, Father so and so on the video, or um, you know, this great singer who sings great praise music and and all that, um, and and Peter would have been in that vein for his uh, for his time and time and place, and absolutely need to make it clear um, that. There's Jesus and there's me, and we are different. And I'm trying to lead you to Jesus, not to not to me. And um, and so I think that that's that's important with all of us in our own in our own daily life and and wanting to wanting to live out the gospel. And um, you know, uh, God knows we want to be great uh, examples and witnesses of, of of living out the faith. And and that you know. That in doing that, we might actually have people then become very attracted to us, and 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 the job is like no, we you know it's, I'm I'm glad you're you're appreciating the message, but the message is Jesus. The message isn't um, Connolly or Wilson, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, amen to yeah. that. Yeah. Well, grateful for all of that, Father. And of course, there's much, much more we could talk about. Uh, but if, with your permission, Father, uh, can we turn the page to St. Paul now and start talking Absolutely. about him? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Great. So let's uh, let's get into St. Paul then. Give us a little background from of what we know about St. Paul, particularly, I, I would say, up and up up until and then maybe just into his conversion. Yeah, Saint Paul was uh Saint Paul was a, a dedicated uh Pharisaic Jew um who who loved the faith and loved the revelation that God had brought to the people uh and was was quite zealous for it uh and and really believed uh that this new way of, of Christ was uh something that was going to bring damage to uh to his people. And and so uh, aggressively uh, aggressively persecuted uh, the uh, the nascent church and and people that were following the new way in uh, in in Jesus and um, you know even the scriptures are, are are quite clear the Acts of the Apostles and the martyrdom of, of Saint Stephen right. uh, when when Stephen when Stephen was martyred um, Luke makes very very clear uh, that uh, Saul. Um, uh, his his name prior to conversion, uh, he did, 
it didn't say that he did it, but he said he clearly uh, he clearly uh, consented to to it, and right. uh, and so so he was he he was he was part of of aggressive uh, aggressive persecutions of 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 the faith, um, you know, believing that he was acting in the in the name of God, uh, and then uh, and then has that um, has that uh, world famous conversion experience on the road to, 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 to Damascus, yeah. uh, where, where Jesus shows up to him in, uh, practically blinding light and Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because why yeah. are you persecuting me? Uh, and so in persecution of the church, it is persecution of Jesus, uh, him, himself. And then, uh, and then gets the instructions to, to go to Ananias, uh, and then does his own, uh, his own study before he he, he goes out uh, publicly then to begin um, his mission of, of proclaiming the gospel. You know, one of the things that the conversion of St. Paul always strikes me as, well, I guess what I should say is I'm being led deeper and deeper into this, is that, I mean, this was a complete turnaround, not just of action, but of mindset, right? I mean, I, I, I would assume that Paul is this very, you know, very, legitimate in all forms of the word Pharisee is taking a look at Christianity as this complete aberration, uh, an abomination on, um, on the worship of God. And, and now all of a sudden, whoa, <laughs> you know, flip it around right now. I mean, that was a huge thing in mindset wise. You yeah. know, ab- absolutely. It's a, absolutely. It's a huge thing. And, and, you know, Paul is the, uh, the example of conversion that that we often look to in the in the life of the church with that instantaneous uh, connection with, uh, with with Jesus and uh, Jesus calling him out of of that life and the really the immediate turnaround. Uh, uh, but what's what's often um, not appreciated as much as it probably should be, uh, Patrick, is that. Uh, uh, the scriptures again are very clear. Uh, I, and I apologize not remembering if this comes from the Acts of the Apostles or or Galatians. Uh, that Paul actually went to to Arabia and studied right. and and, yeah. and learned uh, for we believe about three years or so, uh, and then came back to um, to 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 live out live out the mission. So he has that powerful immediate conversion uh but even he understands uh mm-hmm. he's got some work to do uh before he before he actually goes out on 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 mission and and we need to we need to remember that as well in terms of conversion experiences in uh in 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 our own life that there's uh there's we can love the lord we can be converting our hearts to the lord but there's also there's also uh, things that need to be learned and activities that have to be uh, prepared for in very practical ways as well. I think that's a great reminder, Father, and and uh, it's it's something that we can't we can't stress enough that yes, we need to. Jesus Himself said, "Count the cost," right, and, yep. and say, "Okay, let's look." And, and I can only imagine Paul there in Arabia, uh, pouring over these scriptures, you know, asking all these questions, praying to God, and and you know, it's really uh, crying out with his heart. And just looking for this, you know, can this be? Can this because re- he couldn't doubt his experience that happened on the Damascus Road, but at the mm-hmm. same time, all of the teaching that he had received, 
as a as a younger man, as a Pharisee, and uh, it, it just I can only imagine kind of some of the internal strife that was going on within him. And maybe that's yeah. a good father. Maybe this is a good thing that it teaches us, though, too, is that maybe those with which we seem it seems to be we are farthest from in terms of mindset that there there is still hope and that there Lots is still of it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, and the, and when you when we look back and reflect on the on, on the conversion of, of, of St. Paul, um, it kind of makes sense. You know, it really makes sense in terms of the in terms of the necessity of, of bringing the gospel out and 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 who's called to do it and um, who needs to have that grace of conversion in order to be able to do it. Because, you know, look at I mean. Peter and the Peter and the twelve are are, are basically um, uh, pretty indistinguished people within the within the culture and society. Okay, these are these are not people that are um, that are going to be um, naturally looked uh, looked up at. Uh, Jesus chose chooses them, uh, but then the the extra apostle, if you will, Paul, with the extraordinary call, uh, is actually very cultured, very smart. Yeah. And very well known within within the very faithful um, Jewish community, and and then he has that deep conversion that then gives him uh, the the ability, and frankly has has some credibility within within the community to then be able to begin to uh, to, to preach the gospel, and frankly have people listen to him who might not listen to these. Um, kind of grubby little fisherman, yeah. and and yeah. so so it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a different call um, to a different person for a different audience. Mm-hmm. Great again, just a great illustration how God can and will and wants to use every one of us, and regardless of our life situation or you know whatever it is. Yeah, our spiritual director today, Father Tom Wilson, as we're honoring and talking about Saints Peter and Paul. If you have a specific question about one or the other, if you have a devotion right now, specifically we're focusing in on Saint Paul. Perhaps you have a favorite uh, verse from one of the Pauline letters, one of the many letters of the New Testament that St. Paul authored, and you'd like to share about what that verse means to you, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. I think we'll take our, another, uh, our next break right now, but uh, stay tuned because we've got more to unpack, quite a bit more to unpack with St. Paul right after this. Today, we'd like to thank Pamela, who is listening in Wisconsin, for donating her 2013 Cadillac Escalade. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting RelevantRadio.com car. That's RelevantRadio.com car. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining me. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Sarah Tafoya taking your phone calls, as well as our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, which is part of the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis. I emphasize that because we're talking about St. Peter and Paul today and honoring these two giants of the faith and played such, a, again, a pivotal role in Christian history and church history and in how we live our lives today. Let's take a phone call. We've got Andrew who's calling in from Santa Cruz County, California. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hi, 
Illinois. Thanks for having me. Sure. What do you got for us about so, Peter yeah, and Paul? I'm, yeah. I'm just, yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I, I, uh, yeah, just thanks, thanks for really digging into the lives of these two giants of, of Christendom. Um, and, you know, I was, I was just inspired to kind of reflect on, um, in, uh, at least in the Orthodox tradition, I'm not sure in the in the Roman tradition. I would imagine so, but there's a, a well-known icon of uh, both Saint Peter and Paul embracing one another in forgiveness. You know, after their you know their their conflict tension that they had with each other, and and finally in Christ, you know, you have the and the Pharisee. You know, two very very different people. You know, just as far as the world saw them. Um, you know, embracing one another and, and how, you know, the, the, the action of forgiving one another in Christ is, can, can be that, that, that connection that supersedes everything else. Yeah, thanks for that insight, Andrew. That I, I'm not I'm not familiar with the with the image that you are uh, re- referring to. Is, is it an icon or is it a, a more traditional painting? Um, it's it's actually an icon um, okay. in in Santa Cruz County. Um, there's a, a St. Peter and Paul Orthodox Church, um, and I and I don't know if they have one there, um, but it's 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 one that I've seen, you know, pretty pretty commonly that's brought out on on the uh, the feast day of St. Peter and Paul, and again, just that that reminder of how important it is to forgive one another, and and really. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of that, you know, we get in this mindset of, oh, that other person needs to forgive me. I haven't done anything wrong. Uh, but to, to really make the effort to be the first to, to offer forgiveness, to make amends. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that person. yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful image. And I think that, um, you know, with, with, with Peter and Paul, um, exchanging that, that that forgiveness, there's a there's a universality to it as well in terms of okay, you know what these are, like you call them giants. These are giants of the of of the faith, uh, both um, uh, flawed uh, in their in their humanity and uh, absolutely needing to uh, experience both the forgiveness of God but also the forgiveness of of each other, uh, and that is. That's part of our routine life as as people of faith, um, and uh, you know we know that <clears throat> when we don't live in that in that call to, to to mercy and forgiveness, grudges keep going, and uh, inability to to work together, and all those sorts of things, which are uh, damaging to to the body of Christ and the and, and the world in which we live. So that is a that's a that's a wonderful that's a wonderful image. I might I'm going to try to look up that um, that that image that you're talking about online when we're when we're done here to um, to, to to see how that's that's portrayed. But it's uh, yeah. uh, 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 thanks for the thanks for the insight. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate that. And there are indeed, Father, I was looking it up as you two were discussing, and there are multiple images online. And we'll link to one of those images in our show notes um, so that people can take that and take that along with Andrew's 
questions and comments and your comments as well, Father, and, and move deeper into this relationship between these two men, these two giant saints, Peter and Paul. Thanks, Andrew, for the call. Let's go now to John, who's also calling in from California. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, and uh, thanks for this uh, particular show. Um, my comment has to do with Paul. For me, Paul is one of the heroes of the Bible, and the reason is because, and you know, we both know here that God makes no mistakes. So uh, when He chose Paul to, like, re to, to to reinvent himself, almost that God reinvented him through his blindness and his neediness for other people to guide him into uh, wherever he was going, you know, he had to depend on other people. And as a Pharisee, as somebody who was respected within the Jewish community, as somebody who thought he was all that, you know, uh, he was made humble. And so coming out of his blindness, and, and, and I didn't know that he studied for three years after, you know, his, um, um, his uh, transformation, um, but the point is, when God chose him, in my opinion, um, it was because he gave him great gifts of capability, leadership, uh, you know, he was well-respected in the Jewish community, and, and like Father said earlier uh, on the show, um, you know, the, the, what God's intention was for Paul was that he would speak to a different audience than the fishermen apostles. And so, um, and then the other thing I admire about Paul is that he was a zealot. I mean, he would not take no for an answer. Um, so uh, in life, and especially in the life that we are leading now in the modern world, um, having Pauls as Christians would be a great gift. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so many ways that Christians can say, mm, okay, I'll believe what I believe, you believe what you believe, and we'll both go our separate ways. Um, and that doesn't do much for evangelization. Yeah, thank you very much, John. That's a that is a that is a great insight. And uh, Paul was definitely uh, Paul was definitely zealous. Uh, uh, the word that came to to my mind as you were speaking was was uncompromising with the faith and 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 who Jesus uh, and who Jesus was. And and I think that. Um, uh, certainly in the in the culture and world that we live in that's um, you know the, the the kind way is to is to call it religiously pluralistic and and people have different religions and different faiths and and, and that sort of thing um, but I think within within Christianity itself there is a tremendous temptation uh, to to compromise with uh, compromise with the world about who Jesus is, and Paul would not compromise. Um, he would not compromise on on who the person of Jesus is, despite the fact that at times it might have been easier if he if he would have and and would have uh, gotten more immediate followers if if he had. You think about his time in the the Areopagus, where he's um, you know trying to trying to make connection with uh, with the people and the. Uh, the 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 memorial to the unknown God or whatever and uh, how how he describes that uh, and then he talks about um, uh, Jesus and his uh, and his rising from the dead and it's like they don't have anything to do with this rising from the dead they hated the body you know they 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 just body and soul completely different body means nothing souls everything souls what goes to afterlife they don't want anything to do with it 
And and he probably, I mean, he could have easily compromised. Say, okay, we'll get a few more followers if we're, um, if we uh, if we soften up on this a little bit. He didn't do that because he he was he was zealous for for the truth. He was zealous for uh, the 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 person of of Jesus Christ, which is what we're called to do as well. Right. Yeah, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. John, thank you for the for the good thoughts and uh for the ways again looking into us that yes, I think you're right. That um, there is much to be emulated in St. Paul and that uh if we do need Pauls, but we need our, we need us all to live our unique life too and uh, just as Paul did live according to what God has called us to particularly. So John, thanks for calling in. Appreciate that. If you have a particular devotion to these two great saints, Saints Peter and Paul, or if you have a question about one or the other of them, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Well, Father, there's such a, I mean, we could spend many, many of these shows talking about St. Paul's contribution to, contributions to the New Testament. Um, so, But anything in particular you'd like to highlight or just give us an overview of his letters, That um, something that maybe there's something... Uh, maybe if somebody hasn't really ventured into the New Testament and doesn't know where to begin with St. Paul, um, what might you suggest? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things, I think, because uh, St. Paul's letters are obviously very, very broad. Um, uh, they're written to particular communities in particular times with very particular things in, in mind. Uh, but within doing that, he also, he also re- reveals... Um, uh, to us so much of himself as well, his own uh, imperfections and his uh, and his own struggles, so we can uh, we can be served well in in any uh, reading of of, of paul 's letters, uh, both from a global perspective but uh, also a, a more individual perspective i um, one Corinthians thirteen in terms yeah. of the unity of the body of Christ and the different gifts and the same and the same spirit. Uh, an understanding that these gifts are coming from God um, for for the glory of God and the and the build up of, of the community, um, uh, and it's pretty obviously it's a very famous uh, famous passage in in one Corinthians thirteen. But um, I also look at um, uh, two Corinthians uh, twelve uh, when he says directly about himself. All right. Um, when I am weak, then I am made strong. When I am weak, then I am made strong. And 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 who of us trying to trying to muddle through and live this life of, of fidelity to Christ and service to Him and service to people, uh, when um, you know some people aren't going to like it, a lot of people aren't going to understand it. Some people are going to say we're you know we're we're uh, religious freaks. Those that 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 kind of thing. Um, he recognizes that um, when he is at his lowest point, if you will, in, in, in weakness, it's actually then that the that the grace of God begins to begins to work, and he is um, he's made strong not by his own motor and his own in his own gifts, uh, but by the presence of of, of God uh, within him. I. It's the, I mean, it's the, it's the universal challenge of anybody who who wants to do good things for the Lord, that you know we 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 will tend to want to do them based on um, our particular skills and our particular um, 
uh, attributes and, 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 and those sorts of things. And, and, and really, um, we need to kind of humble ourselves and, and remind ourselves that it's actually God working through us um, that, will, that will make these things happen. Well, uh, Father, I'll, I'll shorten this up a little bit because we only have a few minutes remaining. But, of course, St. Paul uh, also gave up his life. He was martyred by be, behead, beheading, being beheaded uh, there in Rome as well. Um, but I, I just want to wrap up the show by coming back to our original assertion that these two men are all always honored together in the liturgy of the church and in the feast, the solemnity that we celebrated yesterday. So maybe just a, a return to that. I mean, why these two men together and uh, and how together are can we see them as uh, as this great duo, this pair, if you will, yeah. that God has given as a gift to the world? Yeah, um, God doesn't meet, need me to call him brilliant, but God is brilliant in terms of <laughs> uh, in terms of the plan, and and yeah. it's quite clear that the uh, the. The plan in making Paul the the apostle to the Gentiles and Peter the apostle to to Jews uh, was 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 brilliant in terms of um, having having somebody to go directly into the into the Jewish community who are the chosen people. They are the chosen people, and and culturally, socially, uh, probably economically as well, um, they were. They were a separate community and understood themselves as being the chosen people of God and would have had a very, very difficult time on their own of, of just sort of casually welcoming Gentiles in, in, into the fold. And so, and so God then chooses another uh, to, be able to, to be able to go out and to communicate that saving message of, of Jesus to, uh, to people who might not have any idea what it meant to be Jewish and, and all these all all the all the things um, uh, that that entailed, uh, but then said, you know what, this is for you too, this is for you too, and and I think uh, I I you know uh, I I've heard people um, Patrick describe um, the the world that we that we are living in now um, uh, far more akin to uh, the first and the second century than than the 1950s and I think huh, that yeah. and I think that they're right and so um, we need to we need to emulate within our own life uh, in, in communion in the church the reality that there's sort of an insider group those of us who are culturally Catholic and you know baptizes infants and all that who still need to be re re-evangelized uh, but also a whole group of people who have no idea they might have heard the name of Jesus, but know nothing beyond that. And and so the, the insiders are, are following the steps of Peter. Uh, the outsiders are following the footsteps of St. Paul. Uh, wonderfully put, Father. Thank you so much. May we have a blessing from you, Father, as we head into the weekend. Absolutely. Gracious and provident God, we're grateful for the gift of faith poured down to us and handed through the apostles. We ask it through the intercessions of St. Peter and St. Paul, your blessing may come down upon all who are listening and their families and loved ones, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Tom Wilson has been our spiritual director today as we have been discussing Saints Peter and Paul. Again, if you missed any part of the show, go to relevantradio.com slash life, and that's our show page. You can hear it all right there. Coming up on Monday, we're going to have Father Sam Martin with us and talking about being single and being Catholic. Sounds very interesting. Hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace.